action and welcome everybody. This is BMP VK episode 220. It is 2nd of October, Woo-hoo, 2023. Hey, autumn is coming. Winter is here. Winter is coming. Right, well, like, Autumn is here. Autumn, <laughs> autumn is here. The winter is coming. Yes. The sun sets already at 7 p.m. At, in our place, which is a pretty horrifying, or 6, like 45, which is, yeah, now it starts again. And it's only what, October, November, December, January. February, March, and April maybe spring is back. After. So you know, spring oh, is back. Oh, okay. You're, light is coming you're back. down <laughs> towards spring and light. Okay, fair yes, enough. exactly. So six months of awesomeness, six months of darkness. So you know, welcome to Finland. This is <laughs> paid advertisement, right? Yes. Now, <laughs> cool. So on the today is second of uh, October. Uh, we are on the last quarter of the of the calendar year, which is actually pretty cool. So. Yes, year is officially 75% done. Correct, that is correct. Yeah, I saw the tweet as well. That was actually kind of <laughs> good reminder. Um, now, this week, uh, oh, sorry, in the BMP Weekly, I always talk about the latest on Microsoft 365 and related technologies, touching all of the other power platforms and all of things. Uh, we typically have a visitor. We always have a visitor, pretty much. Uh, and then we Unless cover we don't, the latest otherwise we do. articles. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway, typically we do this in weekly, unless we don't, but then we don't, and you know, so <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. And uh, this time, uh, who was our visitor? Uh, we recorded this a bit earlier last week. So our visitor is Mr. Antonio Mayo, who is yes. a manager, managing director with Protivity in Canada. That was a nice discussion, um, and we move into the interview in a second. Antonio used to work in Texas, moved back to Canada, uh, family reasons and all of that, and focused on Microsoft 365 areas. And really, really cool discussion and, and many, many uh, interesting topics. I, without taking any more intro uh, time on the intro, let's jump on the interviews, and we'll come back on the weekly articles right after. Excellent. Let's get moving. So thank you, uh, Antonio, for joining us on the PMP Weekly uh, episode two. 100 and 220? Yes. Good 20. But Antonio, let's start with the basics. Who are you and what do you do for a living? Okay. So, first of all, thank you both for having me on your podcast. Uh, my name is Antonio Mayo. I'm a managing director with a, a global consulting firm called Protivity, and I lead our technology consulting practice across Canada. So, I'm based in Ottawa, Canada. Um, 12-time Microsoft MVP, so I've been part of this great MVP community for a long time. Uh, still very much enjoy it, like being part of that community and just the shared experiences we get to have together. And uh, Waldeck, I met you as part of the MVP community uh, way back, and yeah. uh, I think at a summit one time. And this, I've seen you present many times. I've enjoyed many of your presentations and just uh, great to be here with you both. Thank you. Well. What, what does the, you said managing director, if I remember now correctly, uh, what yeah. does that mean in practice? How, how, what does it mean for day-to-day work? So for day-to-day work, it's I find it really interesting. Um, I have been fortunate to be able to actually build the practice here in Canada. So um, I started with Protivity where I used to live in Dallas, Texas. I lived there for about four years. And then move back it's a bit to of a Canada. Chance, right? Oh, it's a huge change. Yeah. Uh, moved back to Canada in 2017, where my family and I are originally from, uh, to be closer to family. And in doing so, I was the only technology consulting person. So Protivity has other lines of practice, like internal audit and financial audit and that kind of thing. But I was the only technology person. So I got to start and build the practice. And as a managing director now, I get to continue to um, 
you know, find new areas where we can service our customers with technology. Um, our team in Canada is a Microsoft team, so we do all things uh, Microsoft 365 and Dynamics 365. Um, I get to um, hire people, find work, uh, build the practice, build a team, build a community within our team in Canada, which is is part that I like. I, I really enjoy uh, building up this team and and finding people that like to work together and finding new new technologies and new ways that we can work together. Yeah, you used to be very much immersed in tech in the past. I recall. How much of that is left nowadays? That's interesting. Uh, I was very much immersed in tech. I still am today, actually, amazingly. So I'm in the process of making this transition, which is hard for me, uh, of um, doing less on the tech more on the team building, more on the building community within our company and finding new ways that we can service our customers, building customer relationships. So, you know, our team is big enough now that I have to let go of some of that tech work and rely on my team. And I've been fortunate to, to build a good team that I can trust. And uh, so that, that makes it easy, but it's still not easy for me. I'm still very involved in the technology. Oh, but I guess like even, even though you don't, you don't get to play yourself, I can imagine that you've got opinions on things, yeah. on things that have been shipped, the the way things evolved over the yeah. years. So I wonder, like, what's your what's your take on that? How how do you see the change over the last few years, and where where we are now in the next wave that's coming? Uh, so that's a great question, Waldeck. Um, uh, I have been very opinionated in the past on how the technology has come out. Um, I have liked working with much of the Microsoft technology over the years. I started as a SharePoint MVP, which I think you did as well. Correct. Um, and, you know, a lot of the technology was great. Some of the technology was not so great. We kind of made do with what we had. We found ways to fill the gaps. And we, uh, as part of the MVP community, got to give feedback to Microsoft to help improve the product. Um, I think we've gotten to a level of maturity in the product where now we're starting to see more... Um, I want to say advanced and um, I don't know what the right word is, but uh, beneficial higher level technology getting layered on top of the fundamentals. I feel like we've got a really good fundamental base of technology and Microsoft 365 in particular with SharePoint and services and teams and exchange. I think all of those have matured and now we're starting to see stuff get layered on top of that. That gives us a lot more benefit. Things like Syntex and Copilot and these things that, are really exciting and we're still trying to figure out how it's going to affect our work day to day. But yeah, yeah, I, I still tend to be opinionated, uh, but <laughs> I've learned to appreciate how difficult it is to bring some of this stuff to market. Yeah, yeah, it will. Yeah, it's it's an interesting the maturity level, maturity level, as I said, has evolved a lot since, you know, since you started as an MVP, as an example, yeah. because it, it, the, even the partner ecosystem wasn't that skillful and they didn't have the technical, you know, expertise. And then Microsoft right. had the, more of those employees who were basically training people. And now the, the ecosystem is much more much more skillful. Um, and of course, how do you see the transition from a technical consulting more to the business consulting. Is this an opportunity for partners or is it a less business or what does that mean? Have, have you seen that transition? I, I think it is a real opportunity for partners. Um, there is less of the technology for us to do. Sorry, there's less of obvious technology for us to do, right? Like you think about Copilot and how do we consult on Copilot, right? You turn it on, you buy licenses, you assign licenses, you turn, people start using it. Like, 
where is the consulting services in that? Well, if you think about I've it, I've got some ideas. It's not obvious, but there is a yes. lot that can yeah. be done in that space. So I think, Vesa, we, to your question, we need to get a bit more creative about where we bring in consulting services. And I think that brings up interesting opportunities for partners, right? With, with Copilot, for example, we consult on um, uh, policy work. And okay, what kind of policies should you have around the information people should share within Copilot? Um, helping people to understand the the isolation of information and the security of your information with Copilot, and helping people to clean up and govern their security and their permissions, so that co turning on Copilot doesn't become like turning on Delve. Yes. You know I mean? um, <laughs> the classic example, that, yeah. absolutely, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think there's there's a lot of opportunity. We just need to be a bit more creative about it. It's you know we're not setting up servers anymore. Which yeah. we used to yep. do a lot of. We're not configuring user profile service. <laughs> true, true. All that kind but of that stuff. was that was a lot of repeated work, right? Yes. So it wasn't really creative work and creative consulting. It was just a, a let's set up the things. Um, are you basically also is that a still a growing or, or is it a growth area for partners? Is it a you, you said that it's an opportunity? Um, any good? Do you have any good examples? Kind of a high level. You don't need to you know, share your business insights too much, but how has your, you know, consulting business in Canada, for example, transformed? Uh, what are the things what people uh, do? So we do a lot of work both in the public and the private sector, uh, so government and non-government, and I'll kind of address those separately. In government, they're figuring out, and, and this is where there's been a lot of opportunity for us, where, where it is a growth area, um, they need a lot of help figuring out, and I'm sorry, I don't mean that sound badly, but they do need help figuring out how to operationalize the M365 services. Yeah. Um, uh, how to consistently apply them across, you know, there's 98 different federal government departments in Canada, for example, they all have a separate, their own separate tenant. So how do you manage those consistently across an employee base of 400,000 people? Um, so they need help with operationalization of the services, roles, responsibilities, governance. We've been talking about governance for, you know, 12 years at least, and there's still a lot of work in that space. So that's that's one area that is still growing in my view, especially as the new services get layered on top of it and how AI gets injected and changes the way of work. So there's a lot of work there. And then we see similar work on the private sector side where they are very focused on the security capabilities within the platform, the compliance capabilities within the, within the platform, um, figuring out what do you roll out first? What do you roll out next? What are the fundamental pieces and what are higher level pieces that can come later? So in terms of Microsoft Defender and Microsoft Purview, there's tons of work in those two spaces as well. So all of those are growth areas for us. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. There, there's so many products and services. It, it was so easy at the time whenever we had SharePoint. Yeah. You know, well, we had only had a one product. Circle, circle <laughs> exactly thing. the pie. And, and for it, each 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 element, you had like this thick book. Yeah, yep. true. So true. I don't like. I don't know if it was easier. Like, and that was only that. And then you also had servers, meaning you had SSRS reporting services, you had That's SQL, right. which you had to optimize, right. you had Windows Server, you had your yeah. AAD or yeah. AD. Uh, yeah. well, so I don't know, I wouldn't say it was easier to be honest. <laughs> I, I agree, I agree. From a technical standpoint, we used to spend so much time um, deploying and configuring servers and services and down at that low level and farm admin accounts and debugging user profile service. You know, oh, yeah. transparent encryption on the SQL servers. It was just, 
yeah, we don't have to do any of that anymore, which oh, actually, the memories. I, I'm, happy about. <laughs> yes. I'm happy we don't have to do any more of that because we do get to be more creative, I think, to your point earlier, Vesa. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you, you miss those, you know, you're missing those Sunday afternoons upgrading customer farms and running the configuration wizard and getting failures. And you have no idea why it failed, but That's you have right. like eight hours time to get it yeah. back online because before yeah. 8 a.m. in the morning. And yeah. as long as and, your and, central admin server didn't fail, it wasn't that bad because like you could you could always, you know, bring it. But the exactly. central admin, like that was, ooh, let's not let the config DB just not corrupt, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and referring to Todd Clint's blog, on patches every single month. I don't know if you guys remember that, but yes. he did amazing work just keeping up to date with patches and patching servers. True. Was, they were a godsend, True. those blogs. True. Going, True. Yeah. going more forward to now, leaving the past with on-prem yes. servers uh, be behind us. Um, you mentioned a few, few, few things. One that, that was really, really interesting uh, for me was the fact that we need to be more creative. And the way I see it, is that you said like, well, in the past, a customer asked us to build something and because they probably didn't do any everything, we was like, well, yeah, like you asked us to build this, we will build this. And that was kind of the scope of work. But now as uh, products that we offer at Microsoft evolved and also maybe the customer's requirements change, you, uh, you mentioned an interesting thing where we need to be more creative about offerings that we build, services that yeah. we uh, pro, 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 provide. I can imagine that a big part of that is, first of all, staying up to date on what's out there, what's possible, yeah. and then forming an opinion on that. That is already like a full-time job. How, how do you go about it? It's That's a great question. Um, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy. The staying up to date with all of the technology advancements that are coming, not just in like, like, you know, I follow both of you, for example, on Twitter and, and LinkedIn and and a number of other Microsoft folks. Um, I watch the message center within M365. Um, I go to conferences not only to speak, but also to hear about what's being spoken and to network and partner events. And I, I'm part of several partner groups at Microsoft where we're fortunate we get to receive a lot of early info. Um, it's a lot of time and energy. And I find to do it effectively, you have to have a real kind of passion for it. You, you have to really be interested in it. It's it's not, for me at least, it's not just a job. It's something I truly enjoy doing. Like every night before going to sleep, I'm reading things on Twitter and uh -huh. trying to stay up to date with tech, right? Because it's something sure. that interests me. Sure. Um, it's hard to do that if, if, if you don't have an inherent interest, but companies still need to do that. Yeah. So Waldeck, I find there's there's two kind of at a high level, two different reasons for doing that. One is us as consultants um, staying up to date with the tech, trying it, experimenting with it, forming an opinion. And I find to get a really good opinion, you have to actually try it, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's not enough to just read the article and have an opinion. Sure. Uh, I do think you have to actually try and play with these things and test them. But then also um, the second thing is so that we can keep our customers up to date into what's coming, right? Um, there's a few customers we have that have very large M365 environments and, and our company as well. We have 23,000 users in our tenant. Um, and we find the the demand of changes and we think of it as demand comes from, you know, Microsoft forced changes, Microsoft optional changes and new features, and then all the stuff that employees ask for. Hey, can I have this app? Can you turn on transcription in Teams? And can you, you know, turn on this other feature? 
um, because I've heard it's coming because I read about it on Microsoft blog. Um, managing all of that really does take some serious governance structure and ownership around the platform. So we help to advise customers in that area as well as just stay up to date with it ourselves. But it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it is. And do you have, so do you have with your group or a group of folks around you, do you have like a, call it think tank, where you get together in a group and it's like, hey, so we've seen this announcement or feature. What do we think? Like, what is our collective opinion on that? And how do we embed it in, into our world? Do you have sessions like that? Do you organize something with a group of, or of, of folks? We do. It's a little bit sporadic right now within our company, and we're trying to get that a little bit more organized. We think of those as centers of excellence, if you will. So we've had a center yeah. of excellence around AI, for example, you know, in recent the recent ye last year or two. We've had a center of excellence around syntax and, you know, managing that a little bit differently from AI because there's a lot that syntax can do. We've got another one on the power platform, and it is a group of interested folks that get together and talk about the things that have come, how we can integrate them into our work, just, you know, internally to be more efficient, but then also our offerings to our customers. So, yeah, we, we they're not as formal as I would like. And formal is not the right word. They're not as structured, maybe, as I would like, um, but we're all busy with other stuff, too. So we kind of do it yeah. off the side of our desk, you know. Yeah. And you I, mentioned I, I, in there. Uh, yeah, go on, go on. Oh, I was no, just no, going to no. think Microsoft. Yeah. And Microsoft, you guys have, like, you guys must have something like that. You, you develop the products, but you also use the products yourselves. You must have some things like We are that. a big so, place. We have so, we have many yes. groups and it, of people. <laughs> and in Phoenix, at least, we have the saying that shoemakers, child, don't have shoes. So, you know, so the fact that we tell people to do certain things doesn't always mean that we do certain things. And certain organization and teams, absolutely, 100%. Uh, but it's, it's, it is such a massive organization, so everybody works a bit differently. So we have nothing, again, nothing to do with between me and Baldek, for example. So uh, organizationally, we connect that uh, subtle level. See, yeah. But, you know, in a friendship level, I guess it's fine to say Baldek. After all of these years, uh, we, we connect <laughs> a bit more frequently. But it's it's interesting. So there's it's, it's such a huge organization so. yeah yeah now you mentioned you mentioned this one word two-letter word you address the elephant in the in the room ai yes how did ha, how how the how has it changed your work your service offering the way you think about engagement the way you plan for the next year it came what it seems to be out of the blue oh yeah, yeah. less than and 12 then. months ago well, of course, it wasn't out of Feb the blue. But February. It came to it feels like, exactly. It exactly. feels like. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's a, um, a good question. Um, so it has changed our conversations dramatically. Like, I'm amazed at how, and I mean this as a compliment, how Microsoft has taken all of the marketing air in the world on AI. People don't even remember what Google's AI platform or equivalent is called let alone that they have one. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yes. So I'm amazed at how much Microsoft has kind of taken that by storm. And um, so many of our customers, even our own internal executives are asking, okay, so what are we doing with AI? Like literally around the board table, what are we doing Very with AI? Very broad, right? Very yes. broad. How are we using it in our company? How are we using it to get more efficient, to get better, to work with our customers better? So we are having a lot of those conversations. Um, with our customers and with Microsoft working to get into several of the partner programs around it because they've been, you know, 
fair enough, the technology's early, but they've been, you know, fairly closed preview programs right now. I think they're just about to open up and M365 is about to go GA November 1st, which is um, M365 Copilot about to go GA November 1st, which is excellent. Um, It's it's been an interesting transformation because AI used to be the domain of data scientists, right? For example, my brother is a researcher at SAP, so he will get literally tables with 300 million rows of customer data. He will develop models in TensorFlow, run them against it, and then use that to classify large amounts of data. That's what data scientists would do. That's where AI fit, right? You had a neural network. You had some some good machine learning algorithms, deep learning algorithms that would you know do things, classify or categorize your data was one of the key use cases. Now with this transformation to generative AI and large language models, so this it's still you know deep learning, machine learning, but in a different context, yep. with large language, multiple large language models behind it, gives you this conversational experience that has brought AI to everybody. We all now have the ability in our day-to-day work, multiple times a day, to have AI help us in what we're doing, right? Um, I was away the last day, you know, prioritize my my emails and tell me the top 10 I need to reply to. And boom, it does it. And um, it just helps us be more efficient. Um, so just almost every single customer is asking about how they integrate it in. So we have developed various offerings where we would help customers get ready for it, understand it, adjust their policies for it. And this is both in private sector and public sector. I do think the public sector is a little bit behind because they're still trying to get some of the fundamentals deployed um, with some of the customers that I work with, but it's coming. It's not that far behind. So it's made a big change since February. Copilot was only announced yeah. in February. Yep. Yeah, right? yeah. And again, uh, I guess the Copilot and ChatGPT is, is really, again, the, the NLP, the natural language processing capabilities, they're just mind boggling uh, because you yeah. cannot really tell is it a human or is it a computer? And yeah. that made it truly mainstream. That, that, as you said, we've been having AI for decades already. So it's it's not like this is a new thing, but it's all of a sudden right. everybody is just, we need to do AI. What do we need to do? What do we mean with we need to do? What are, we, what are you thinking? I don't care. Right. We need to do AI. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, we also, with some of our customers, we take that a step further, right? Where uh, it's not just about rolling out Microsoft 365 Copilot and the built Copilot chat experiences. It's also some of our customers have their own line of business applications. Um, yep. You know, the classic example is a customer support organization, and they want to build a chat GPT like or a copilot like experience into that application. So we will use Azure OpenAI service to actually build that kind of experience on their own um, uh, application. Um, yep. using large, large language models and their data. And then we'll go even further and use some of the other Azure cognitive services and machine learning workbench to actually train our own models for those as well. And those are bigger, longer term projects. They're fewer, certainly, because they are so big, but some organizations want to go that route. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But it, it has taken over a lot of the conversations, to your point, yep. Waldeck. It's, it is amazing how it has transformed a lot, you know, a lot of our day-to-day work. In a good and a bad way as well, because, you know, so of course, in a good way, in the the sense that AI is absolutely transformational um, and once in a 15 year, like Satya keeps on saying, uh, a, a situation, but then at the same time, it seems to be a bit delaying even some, you know, investments now that everybody's like waiting on what does AI mean? We were planning to do this, but no, that's not important yet because we need to do now this AI thing. So, yeah. 
it's interesting to see where we are within 12 to 18 months uh, from now when we situation hopefully a bit more realized and, and yeah. we kind of realized what what is the value out of it and then we'll rethink what it actually means for us so yeah well but i guess even then we will have by then we'll have gpt turbo 25 Yep, you absolutely. Know, and there will be new models, <laughs> new opportunities, Dali 8. There's always new opportunities, but I think yeah. that the, the initial transformation happens when you ship the Microsoft 365 Copilot and, you know, every single user starts using an AI and yeah. it comes to be more natural for them. Um, yeah. Five years from now, I don't think we'll even realize that we're using AI because it's it's part of the, like you say, uh, Antonio, prioritization of emails. It's the, I've, I've been using AI today to catch up some of the meetings which happened during nighttime. Uh, it's a great example of an AI yeah. which is completely abstracted. So I don't know that I'm using an AI, but I am actually using AI because yeah. I can be more efficient with the Teams yeah. meeting recap. So. Yeah. Well, it's it's really interesting also to understand the differences between ChatGPT and Microsoft's Copilot. Like for me, a key difference, if you look at ChatGPT, right, it was trained on data, correct me if I'm wrong, up until 2021, yep. right? So unless you're using plugins, September 2021, um, yep. exactly, it's not going to know anything after September 2021, correct. right? Um, it uses the large language models and it is optimized to give you a conversational response, not to give you accuracy. Right? It doesn't know what is true and what is not true. Um, whereas with Microsoft's Copilot, I love the fact that it uses those large language models, but then also uses your data within your tenant. Right, That combination of those two just opens up a huge world of possibilities. Um, just the, the experience of take this 100-page document and summarize it in a 10-slide deck yeah. is incredible that it can do that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you mentioned there an interesting point, right? Because you mentioned that it has access to the data uh, that you've got in the workplace. Yeah. But that is only one side of the work, right? Because then you also have something you you, um, you mentioned earlier, which are the LOB apps, right? And yes. to truly get the return on that AI investment in your work, you want it to be able to reason over both of them over the files, right. the documents you create, but also the LOB, the contracts you've got, the That's right. product SKU, the support info you've got. So Absolutely. do you see when you talk to customers, do you see them think already along these lines, like how they're going to let Copilot reason over these two things? How are they going to bring these external systems into to, to, um, to AI? Or is it still like one step too, too far because they first want to just try what is available out there out of the, the box well there's there's both discussions that happen they do want to try what's out of the box they've seen the videos they want to you know they're a little skeptical they want to see and feel that it's real right so yeah. they do want to evaluate it but then they are thinking further ahead around what how do we incorporate this into our business flows into our data and sometimes that does require bringing their data into m365 which you can do with connectors right so they are thinking along those lines but i think they see that a little further out first they want to evaluate how real is this copilot thing yeah. that i've been saying everywhere um and then they want to you know we're also having the conversations of okay how do i integrate it into my business flow yeah. um and to that point, like one of the co-pilots I'm really excited about is Security Copilot, Microsoft Security Copilot, because it, it doesn't only use large language models, right? It uses your signals coming from Sentinel, from Defender, from Intune, from the Microsoft Threat Intelligence Network, pulling all that together to help you, okay, find the most prevalent threats in my network. Um, 
you know, reverse engineer this piece of malware that we found and actually have it create you a diagram of the kill chain is phenomenal. Like if you think about the efficiencies that brings to a SOC team, oh, yeah. that's going to be transformational. Yeah, yeah, because again, like if there's one place where you are really exposed to volumes of stuff, it's exactly that, right? Yeah. You have logs, you have massive amount of info, and then, That's right. well, good luck classifying that and finding out or yeah. finding the needle in the yeah. haystack. Exactly. 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 Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Now, I, I wanted to ask actually something. Let's get Copilot AI absolutely brilliant. Yes, but let's go back in time a bit. You said that you you actually work in Texas and moved back to Canada. Can I yes. talk about big differences between the culture uh, in Texas and Canada? Um, it's completely the same, right? So <laughs> not at all. Um, so my family and I really enjoyed living in Dallas. Uh, we were very fortunate. We were in a great neighborhood with great schools, great friends. Um, the the Microsoft community there was excellent. Uh, it took a little while once we were settled there, but started to try to participate in the community whenever I could. Had little kids at the time, so timing was a little bit tough. But um, culture is quite different. Um, let's see what what can I what can I tell you about the culture? Um, Texas gets a bad rap, I find, uh, in the media. Uh, that's not deserving um, in many cases. Um, people are friendly. They're fit. They they exercise. They work out. They look after each other. Um, they go out and they have fun on weekends, right? They the weather is fabulous ten months of the year, and if you really like the heat, it's twelve months of the year usually, or eleven months of the year. <laughs> so you can get outside a lot. Um, Canada, our weather I think is a little bit more like Finland. Massa. Yep. It's a little yep. colder, right? Where we can get out, you know, ten six months, months of the year. In a year it's All better. Is happening. Yeah. <laughs> And if if you like cold, it's twelve minutes. <laughs> I hate cold, but yeah. Anyway, that's so a separate discussion. <laughs> so do I. My dad is from Sicily. I prefer the heat. So yeah, um, we miss Texas, and we miss a lot about what we were living there. But we're happy to be back here and close to family. Yeah. Um, I find Canada is a friendly community. Um, you know, we learn to deal with the cold. Some people really like the cold. Um, you know, I find here in Canada, you, you, you have snow on the ground almost six months of the year. And to survive that happily, at least for me, you have to find an outdoor winter sport that you like to do that gets you outside regularly. Shoveling. Otherwise, you, you hold up in <laughs> shoveling. shoveling. <laughs> I have a snowplow come and do my driveway. I don't shovel anymore. Um, <laughs> I did that for years as a kid, but not anymore. Um but yeah, I would say, you know, the cultures aren't that different. Um, we focus on different things. I just I find the people in Texas are very friendly. Um, they're very welcoming. Um, they do um, like to, uh, you know, they, they like their rights. Uh, they stand up for their rights, I'll say, yep. which is good. Um, but uh, all, nothing but good things to say about living there. Yeah, it was a big change for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. So, and of course for the family as well. And then the yeah, yeah. implications are pretty huge. Uh, I've been, and, yeah, yeah they're safe. Yeah, I can imagine. Even though, of course, in our family, we've been having long, long, long discussions every now and then, not anymore that much on the, you know, moving to Seattle or not. And it's complicated. So it's yeah, there's multiple sure. 
variants variables to consider. It's it's yeah. always incredibly complicated. So yeah, I, I've I've been through those discussions. We actually moved to Texas for my wife's work at the time. She got a great promotion in her job, so I left mine. We made this move, and uh, I I found a great opportunity where I am now, and I'm able to fortunate to be able to still work there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You are also an MVP, and you've been MVP for quite a few years. How, years. How, 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 how many years? Twelve. Twelve years. Well, yeah. Wow, time flies. Yeah. Do you recall when you got your first award, and how did that feel, and how did you like? What has changed over the course of twelve years? That's a long time. Oh yeah, um, I do remember the first award because I I didn't think that I was going to I was going to get it right. I I had learned about. Um, the SharePoint community. I was doing work in SharePoint at the time at a product company and had learned about the SharePoint community and gone to some conferences and was just amazed how close-knit this community was, how you saw the same people at conferences, all those experts and blogs and, um, you know, you didn't have as many podcasts at the time, but videos and and demos and blogs, right? Like that was really the time of blogs, blogs. 2011. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. yeah it was. Um, uh, so I remember the first award. I was very uh, surprised. I was very happy and proud as well um, to receive that in the mail. And that's when we got a big box, if you remember, yeah. Walter. We had a big yeah, box yeah. With, the, with the certificate and the first trophy and the little puck on it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I see the certificate, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was very proud of that. Um, and I've been fortunate to be able to continue that. You know, like you know, you have to resubmit all of your contributions every year. And I still do that. And I still enjoy making contributions. Um, you know, some years you do more contributions than others, right? Life does take mm-hmm. overs, but you try to yep. keep a certain level so that you're you're connected to the community. Uh, we've made great friends through this community, right? Some of my best friends in the world are are from this community. Um, which is great. We see each other at conferences and we hang out and, you know, it's it's a lot of hard work, but it's a lot of fun too. Um, this year, I have some renewed energy in the community. I've started blogging again and I've, I've put out a number of blogs this year. Yeah. Yeah. My blogs always tend to be long and I've tried to shorten them down a little bit so they're a little more consumable. <laughs> Not as technical. Part, part um, one, part two. Part yes, two. exactly. <laughs> See so what you did there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I still enjoy the program, still part of it. Uh, this year, we got to have MVP Summit in person again, which is awesome, right? Yep, it was hard cool. during COVID doing it remotely. It's not, yep. you don't get that networking connection. It's different, with for sure. It yeah. is. Yep. It is. I'm just watching yeah. the dates. We should have some good news pretty soon uh, for next year's MVP summit, which is positive. So early, early on. So that's good. Okay, okay that's great. <laughs> it's going to be on a Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, I think that the, the, the related on that one, one of the challenges for this year, I know a lot of MVPs would have loved to be there, but we actually announced the MVP summit pretty late. And that also yes. meant that people were unable to reschedule and, and flying across the pond is, is a bit different than you know, it is. You know, doing North America in general. So That's right. That's right. Um, got to meet some some new MVPs at the last summit in person, which was really nice. Like we've seen over yep. the last couple of years in COVID, several new and I'll dare I say younger MVPs come into the program. Uh, it's not the age. Got, it's not the age. It's just a mental mindset. So thank you. I appreciate that. That's <laughs> um, but uh, got to meet some of them in person and just yep. uh, feel that energy about how excited they are about the program and to be there. So it was nice to see that. Right. It kind of yep. helps renew our energy in the program when we've been in it for a few years. 
Absolutely. And now, and, and as part of this transition also, it's it's really cool to see more on conferences coming back. And I, to be honest, personally, I still miss the big ones like Ignite when it was yes. huge. Because yes. those are, the, the feeling when you're sitting in a room with other like, you know, 20,000 people, uh, exactly. it's a bit different than it is in And you learn about a new version of SharePoint exactly. Server and you're like, oh. yes. That's right. And you, and you know that when you when when you're back, there will be a new bulk of MSDN DVDs waiting for you. That's right. And I was referring to 2018 or 2018 was Orlando, wasn't it? Ignite 2018, uh, 19. Possibly. 2019 I have no idea. also. Yeah, 2019 was Orlando. Also Orlando. Yes, yeah. yes. And then 2020 was supposed to be in New Orleans, and that got to be yeah. cancelled. So. That's right. That's I had right. flights and uh, flights and everything booked already. So yeah. unfortunately, that got cancelled. But those are actually really good. To do. So, the you know the coming back on Antonio, what you're saying about the community and meeting people, it, it is a lucky or really great that we're heading to a direction that we have more and more events and we're getting more people. Like next week, there's the MGM Las Vegas has the Power Platform Conference for Power right. Platform people and right. then Ignite, not as big, but is coming yeah. in in November and yeah. more and more conferences next year, next year as well. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got the ESPC, ECS. Yes, so there are right. also, you know, big, big events oh, ESPC, here, of course, here in, yeah. in Europe too. Europe. So yes, it's right. also great absolutely. to see them balanced out across yeah. the world and yeah. more, you know, being more approachable to folks all over the globe. Yeah. That's absolutely. right. I, I too miss the big ignites. Like I went to every single ignite before COVID and I enjoyed yeah. those. Yeah. I found the as best long as it was not Chicago, right? Because of the Chicago venue was not optimal, but that's separate. It wasn't optimal. <laughs> I I enjoyed the Chicago event. It was okay. Yeah, a lot of people didn't didn't <laughs> like it. Um, I thought it was really good for me. Um, so yeah. you know, yeah. I had a good time there. It was okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I found the best way for me at the big conferences. I would spend half my time in if I wasn't speaking, half my time in sessions, and the other half of the time networking and on the event floor. And and I found the that expo hall, yeah, the expo it floor. It was very oh, valuable yeah. to be on the event sure. floor actually, and sure. to connect with people, sure. um, to and, make and those connections and shared experiences. And I have to be super practical and just say it out loud for northern Europe, northern American people. It's it's completely logical, but for Europeans, it's always like networking. What does that mean? No, no, it just <laughs> means that you go to the expo area and talk to people that that's, exactly that's it. networking it's, that's it's nothing right. more than that oh get God. to know people <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah um we've got a lot of events this fall like the power platform conference you mentioned last week they have like six thousand people or eight thousand people yes. coming like it's it's like the sharepoint conferences of old like it yep. it yeah. sounds amazing i'm i'm not unfortunately going to be there yep. but it sounds pretty phenomenal um this Friday, we have M365 Ottawa here in Ottawa, if I can put in a shameless plug. Absolutely. Of course. Uh, which would be great. Uh, so we're, we're uh, I'm part of that organizing committee with a number of others. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to that event. We usually get a really great turnout at that one. And then yep. uh, I'm going to be in Europe in November for Lisbon, for M365 Lisbon. Oh, that's good. Call-up yeah. days? Call-up days? Call-up days, thank you. Yes, yes. That's, that's the right term. Yes. Yes, there's so many of these competing things yeah. nowadays, <laughs> but it's yeah. good, it's good. Yeah. Cool, uh, I guess from a timing perspective, we need to a uh, bit of a wrap up on things. Typically what we also do here is ask anything interesting what you're doing this or next week, uh, what's on your agenda, what you can talk about. Well, how does your day-to-day -day work look like? Obviously the M365 Ottawa is happening. That's right. Actually the weekend before we just released this recording, but you know, but still. <laughs> good point, good point. <laughs> uh, so what's my week like next week? Uh, so let's see, um, a lot of customer meetings. 
kicking off a couple of customer projects. We're doing, uh, we do a lot of long, um, uh, a lot of projects related to Microsoft purview, things like informa uh, information protection, data loss prevention, records management. Yeah. So we're kicking off a couple of those projects next week. I'm doing a couple of M365 security audits, or I have my team or is executing those. So we've got a couple of kickoff meetings for those. Um, and we start into 2024 planning as well. So a few sessions yep. around planning our our staff and our budgets and our, yep. you know, predicting our revenue for 2024. And so, I, yeah. It's it's again that time of the year. It's it's come so it sudden all it Oh my god, it's October. It oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like November is what, five weeks away? Yes. Crazy. And then it's Thanksgiving yeah. and then nothing happens, at least in the Northern that's America, right. right? So that's, yeah. that's Christmas how Christmas and New Year, right? Like New Year's Eve. No, yeah. no, but from a work perspective. So oh, this yeah. is classic storyline. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, a lot of stuff happens. That's the, I've just always teased on the US people because, you know, yeah. we have to do everything before Thanksgiving because nothing happens after that. What well, do you mean? We get it back, right? Where in Europe, we're away for five weeks. That's true. Um, summertime. Yeah, good yes. point. Summertime. Never yeah. happens, but that's <laughs> the idea, right? <laughs> that week also, we have Canadian Thanksgiving. So Canadian Thanksgiving oh, is true. October 9th. Uh, sure. So we we have a holiday that day, yeah. but we are uh, we are taking my daughter to check out universities. So we're starting ah, to do cool. university Ooh, tours. Congratulations! Exciting That's times! Cool. Exciting times! <laughs> we'll see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. What about you, Waldek? Anything interesting on your table? Uh, uh, so next it? week, this week, as we're recording that, we're going to release a bunch of stuff. So next week, we we released everything if everything's went well. Um, so it's will be next cycle of planning and thinking about stuff. But other than that, uh researching stuff preparing for you know the bit like mid or yeah i think second week november we have ignite so that is obviously a big moment for us and microsoft to uh prep thing uh, things for um so that is a part of the ongoing work but other than that um again trying to look after developers developer experiences trying to iron out as many wrinkles as as we can so that is kind of my job more and more these days to yeah look out for all of these uh places where things aren't optimal and basically bring all of that to product groups and think about ways in which we can improve that yep makes perfect sense cool uh i i have what to about say, you well, uh no idea what's happening again next week um <laughs> I, i've been dealing with random every single morning waking up and catching up on meetings and then need to jump on on things um i, I right now this this morning was a really horrible one. I, I I'm not going to go to details, but it's one of those things where you're listening and meeting recording, and it, then you're like, yes, you're talking about the pole of the fence, and you're talking about the fence, but you're talking about two different things, and then your conclusions are wrong. And now I need to actually jump that in. It's an interesting analogy, Vesa. That's a I have no a idea what you saying. mean. That, yeah. that is a finish saying basically you're talking about the same thing and not about the same thing, and then everybody is in a conclusion, but you're listening to that meeting, and you're like, no, you're talking about the different things. You, you yeah. cannot. No. Oh my God. Now I need to jump in and start cleaning that. Um, but it's it's okay. So um, and within two weeks I'll be in Redmond as well for starting planning for next fiscal and uh, not fiscal the semester, meeting up people, which yeah. is always fun. It's been a while since I've been at the office, so it's good to get. I've catch never up been in, been in the office, either local one or the one one Redmond. I've been in Microsoft in October. It's going to be three years. That's so you started. You started wow. during. You started during COVID, Waldeck, at Microsoft? Yes, you know, yeah, October 2020, yep. Okay, and you've never been into the office? 
No, so I mean, I've been at the campus, I don't know how many times as an okay. MVP, MVP, and I've yeah, been okay. here in the local sub office as virtual TSP way back when, I don't know how many okay. times, but as an employee, I have never used my badge. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. It's still pristine, unscanned. <laughs> Yeah, the next time you'll be on the door like, beep, 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 please, beep, beep. <laughs> yeah. How does that work? Like, you do, have I, to do, do, it? do I need to wave it? Yes. Do I need to... Now, it's been actually one and a half years for me as well since I've been in Redmond. So, of course, catching up on people, you know, Las Vegas and and, and meeting up on the conferences and the, yes. the team. But uh, it's actually a great testament also for the fact that you don't have to. There is no reason nowadays anymore. And yes, time zones are different. We need to adjust, adjust on things. And, and, and that can be adjusted. It's not a massive yeah. deal. Having yeah. this technology in place enables us to be successful even remotely. So uh, it's really cool. Absolutely. I, I think I don't think people have talked enough about how transformational this technology was to have such widespread adoption and usage of teams has allowed us to work from anywhere, right? Sure. From our homes. Like Absolutely. we used to do that, but it was sometimes a little clunky. Yeah. But now yep. it's it's commonplace. Everybody does this Absolutely. every single day. Absolutely. Right? Another, Absolutely. Another With the caveat that we have no idea, at least I, how tall everybody is on my team. Exactly. <laughs> Sure. Well, I know so this, both of you are, this. but yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we each other know, yes, because we've seen yeah. each other live, right? But yeah, yeah. unless you shrink, shrink since yeah. then, you know. I you know. that age tends to do that with you, yes. <laughs> Good. I, anyway, I, I guess. <laughs> sorry, Anthony. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say I had that experience a few months, a couple of months ago, where I met one of my coworkers, a woman, for the first time in person. And I didn't, we were on calls like this for like a year. And then I meet her in person and, oh, she's like six foot two in person. Like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> it didn't come through somehow. Yeah. No, yeah. not at all. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, I think it's it's time to close up. Uh, once again, we went way too long on the interview. This always happens. We're always trying to do the 30 minutes, but I just cannot get it to there. Uh, so, but so much fun to talk about. Uh, thank you, Antonio, for joining. We'll catch you back on the show uh, uh, within the future, definitely, you know, within a hundred episodes or so. Uh, we'll see sure. <laughs> how long we will keep on doing this and how many years, uh, but we'll see. It, it should be good. No plans thank for stopping. You. But thank you for joining. Really cool discussion. Thank you. Thank you both. Great to see you both and uh, hope to talk to you both soon. Definitely. Sounds good. Sounds good. And then we'll jump on the articles of this week. So thank you, Antonio. Excellent. Thank you, Antonio. Really cool. Uh, thank you for the interview. Uh, it, it's actually really, really cool to catch up as well. It's been a while on, on having a chat. Uh, we, we don't travel that much on the conferences anymore, which is always impacting on seeing the people, right? Um, I just had yep. a somehow reminded me on, on I, I really I use OneDrive for a lot and I, I love the new OneDrive consumer side because it actually sends you the reminders on things and, and what happened this day within the past years and there was a nice picture from 2016 I think it was from Atlanta uh, with yeah. Irvin and Paolo and uh, Roddy and Frank Marasco and uh, who am I missing was it that you? I guess that's it You're, yourself oh, that I, I was there as well <laughs> I had a picture of these five other people. Yeah. 
<laughs> but it's it's actually interesting. So the, the 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 before we go to the articles, for whatever reason, I was thinking this earlier today. Somebody referenced something on the on the SharePoint 2013. No, it was a uh, Spencer Harper had a picture in somewhere in social media related on SharePoint 2013 at enterprise deployment or whatever. And and that was a great reminder that it was actually 10 years ago. It feels like it's actually more than that, <laughs> considering the, yeah. the amount of changes which we've done within a decade. It it really feels like it's it's like two decades but it's like no no 10 years uh so i mean on the other hand to be honest like it doesn't feel that like 2013 doesn't feel at least to me like 10 years back already true true to be that's honest. fair that uh, yeah but the thinking about the technology innovations what's happening between that time frame of 2013 and announcing the Microsoft Copilot and all of that stuff and the, the yeah. machine learning and AI is like wow. Well, and, I mean, like you go back a little bit more and then you think about the Silverlight portal that we had on Azure. Oh, yeah, like, true, true, true. And, about and, advancements, right? And and of course, the you know the announcement is different than actually you know the the I'm reading a lot of about books about AI currently, uh, so just you know I'm over exaggerating myself with AI stuff. So for, for that's my way of learning things. So, so when I work with the dogs, I'm always uh, listening more books. Most of them are on like yeah I've listened to this before, but it's actually over you know feeding yourself with the with the concepts and different perspectives. Because then you don't actually get just the one book which is telling you, this is the only way to do things about You get multiple perspectives on, on what's actually interesting. But it's it's even on that one, even though we talk about the AI when a co-pilot, um, it's been taken 20 decades easily, uh, up to 40 decades, to actually get it mainstream to the level where we're oh, now yeah. actually finally uh, talking about the fact that it's coming as part of your day-to-day you know, office work. Um, so it's not like a, hey, ChatGPT last year, then we bought it and then we started doing it. No, 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 no. Well, it's actually not how it works. Thing. I'm reading now a biography of Musk, right? Yeah. And in there, there's a program. Oh, I think that's it true. was yes. like uh, top, top of mind uh, in 2012, he yes. uh, talked to some, some Altman, right? Who is the open yep. AI CEO. I don't know if he's CEO, yeah. CEO, yeah. Or already then, I was like, I was back then totally oblivious to it. Like in 2012, like what did I do then? SharePoint 2013, like AI <laughs> was go. not, exactly. that was totally not exactly. a exactly. thing for me. Right? Exactly. It was nowhere near, you know, being being the um, co- commodity it is now. But yep. it just shows like how long that's been a thing. Yes. And now we kind of think like, hey, this is this overnight thing. Well, it's been in making for a while now. Correct. Absolutely, 100%. And it, it's not, not an overnight, over, uh, overnight thing. And I think that one of the key things, uh, and, and I guess everybody agrees on this one as well, is just the, the amount of the technology power what we needed to have to make it mainstream. So, and that they, they talk about the cold winter of AI and all of that stuff since they kind of invented how it works, but there just wasn't capacity. Uh, so the CPU and poor you know, technology power to make that work because the predictability of the next words in the generative AI, that requires massive amount of CPU to make it, you know, as fluent as it is right now in ChatGPT. So, yeah. And now we're finally at the moment where we can kind of make it happen, but then I guess we'll have the similar challenges with the with the COVID and Microsoft Teams and the, the you know the online moving into the online and remote work where the CPUs and the technology will be also a bit of a slowness. Uh, we just don't have the capacity to everybody to use these things right away so yeah yeah 
But it will be super interesting to see where we are in 12 months. So, or 18 or 24, 36. So it's, it's GPT 18 with DALI 25. Yeah, but it, it's DALI 3 was announced last week. Uh, so as an example, but you know, um, sooner or later it comes to be mainstream. And it's like, okay, so now we have cool looking pictures. We get to go things. It's like, yeah, but now they're even cooler. I don't need to have a 8K, 8K television. I, I just don't. I, I know. I will have a 4K, which is already an extra. This I this HD, I don't know. So, you know, it's sooner or later, it, it, you're basically running into this. Yeah, but now it's 16K, whatever. I don't care. It's good enough. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, <laughs> and the same will happen with the, you know, the generative images, all of that stuff as well. Because already today, if you have a look on the Mid Journey or, or Dali Tree, it's like, wow. But then yeah. Dali 4, even better. Better for, you know, Better than what? Yeah, yeah. Better than what? Yeah. At some point, it becomes like we get improvements beyond what is relevant or what does you actually yes. need. Yes. Yeah. And then, yes. and then it becomes like the, the, it's a cool thing for a niche, but yes. the majority is just like well, shrug. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Or then we introduce another thing which goes live, like I'm, you know. And, and oh, the AI stuff, yeah, that's the old stuff. Yeah, we don't care about that one. We have this new stuff. Now, let's jump on the articles related on that one. And uh, that's a good, good um, donkey bridge, as we say in Dutch and in Finnish. Uh, segue. Um, I still don't understand how can that be at the same saying in Dutch and in Finnish. <laughs> so it's a donkey bridge. Uh, uh, let's start with the Microsoft Mesh. Um, so, kind of our interrelation of. <laughs> Technology, no. The the mesh was the no. You know, it was there was a lot of in the uh, focus on mesh um, and uh, the virtualization a bit before ChatGPT went like AI went overboard. And I'm I'm betting that this will come back uh, for sure. I guess we had a bit more forward leaning, you know, thinking about the mesh and virtual worlds, and then now we do the AI, and maybe we'll get back on the mesh being the the super coolest thing ever. So we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, we are announcing Microsoft Mesh, uh, which in the public preview uh, in October, including new Teams experiences. And and this is, uh, and I just forgot about again the, the application name. Uh, so I've used Alt Space VR. Alt Space VR. Yeah. yeah. So you had it right written down because we talked about it, right? No. I Did you have notes? I remember. Your memory that. works. That's amazing. Yes, wow. wow. That's sometimes you know, it does. I guess I'm older than you, so I guess my yes, memory is just fragmented from more. <laughs> Now, uh, but anyway, the Alt Altspace VR, uh, I, that, that was actually already really cool, but now we're integrating that then into Enterprise World. And I, this looked actually really nice. Um, and even in Altspace VR, I seriously think that that was a more immersive experience. So even within your computer in the desktop, your headphones on, you can actually hear you know, the, the 3D voices and all of that in your head. You can hear the voices in your head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I'm older than you. Yes, I hear voices in my head. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so it's 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 you have that spacious uh, audio and all of that stuff. And 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 those are really, really cool. And so let's see yeah, how well this is catching on things. And apps of this, of course of course, there's also the generational things. So younger people might be more willing and testing out these things than older people. Not saying that we are old, but still. 
Why are you not saying anything? Well, like I'm taking. I'm a- listening <laughs> to you. Yeah, like you're you're on a roll. Like you're saying like yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> listening to you, like trying to understand what you're saying is like okay, yeah. If that's what you're thinking, perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's coming to public preview. So looking yes. forward on testing that one out as well. Um, then we had a typical monthly uh, summary uh, from the Microsoft 365 admin uh, site. Um, again, testing out things, and there's a AMA for the Copilot coming up, so could, that's a good thing to remember on Thursday, September 28th. And that was actually already last week, uh, now that we're recording that. Um, but a lot of other uh, announcements and links and references on that one. Uh, the same applies for the Microsoft Teams one. Uh, so another monthly, nice monthly summary on what are the new features and capabilities, uh, what has been released. A lot of new devices again. So um, it's just awesome, cool looking stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think it's always interesting. Like I don't know where we stand because like it seems like every week we're going back and forth, like back to the office. Well, remote is perfectly fine. Yep. Back to the office. Yes. Yes. So I think like we are still trying to make up our mind which one is it exactly that we want and is it worth investing in True. rooms and the devices that we need to make it really um, inclusive for everybody. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. I, I just, yeah, there's a, <laughs> at least in US, there's, there's more and more COVID cases again, but what does that actually mean? And is it a, is it a impactful enough or what happens? And <laughs> so it's interesting, so for yeah. sure. Um, then we had the introducing town halls in Microsoft Teams and retiring Microsoft Teams live events. Uh, so this one has obviously implications, but it's a more modern, uh, you know, live events broadcasting functionality. Uh, even though it's not called live events, that was a super clear way of defining it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what is actually the difference between the two, other than name. I think it's name and then uh, I think we're introducing additional capabilities and features and evolving this. Um, it might be, I, I don't know the technical uh, background, but I, I would not be surprised that this has been rebuilt from scratch uh, for a larger scale. So we basically every now and then we need to deprecate old stuff and then uh, replace them with the new implementation. And this most likely is complete revamp uh, from the from the implementation perspective, so that we are more future proven and we're able to then evolve that more efficiently in future. Um, attendee reporting is, is actually great. Uh, this one doesn't actually have that pictures, but we're getting a lot of, lot of insights, for example, attendee reportings and their reactions and all of those statistics and all of that stuff is getting uh, nicely uh, collected as well. So a lot of, lot of cool stuff in here. Then we had a introducing Microsoft List MSA preview for iOS and Android. Well, they help me. What is an MSA? Why are we doing Microsoft this? accounts? So these are <laughs> yeah. the personal, the you know, Correct. the hotmails from the past that, yep. that that we had that you can use these basically uh, for a personal use of lists. Correct. Correct. So basically, this is the the how would I put it consumer side of the Microsoft yes. lists. So not the business side of Microsoft list. I, I did have a chat with at some point with uh, Mark Cashman because he's pretty close on the Microsoft lists and the naming kind of sequencing and everything else. Not that Mark actually makes those decisions, but still uh, on the on why are we using MSA because MSA is is so technical term. But if again, you know, you know. But if you don't, you're like exactly might exactly. be anything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But again, a lot of new capabilities, features uh, for mobile, uh, great way of sharing, for example, uh, shopping lists. Uh, I do, we do a lot of OneNote sharing with my wife and family in general because you know it's the easiest way to you know do tracking of things uh, together. So 
if you are technical enough. So at least in our case, yes. every single time I go to the grocery stores, I have a OneNote, which is already getting, it's getting live updated at the same time when I'm at the Why do store. you go to, to a grocery store? Uh, the refill, the things which we got and we didn't get by the pre-order. So. Oh, there are certain okay. things. So there are certain things. Yes. So which, which you, yeah, depending on a shop and what, you, <laughs> what are your preferences. But fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> Good point indeed. Uh, now the Mark Cashman also had uh, the Mark Cashman. Why do it's the. the the Mark Cashman? Now Mark Cashman had an article related on 365 Educon Chicago event guide. So Chicago is happening October 13th to November 3rd, um, and Microsoft has a big presence obviously there as well. It's one of those. Those big conferences uh, where we have a Microsoft-powered keynote with Liz and Mark, uh, so that's looking really cool. And Microsoft AMA with a lot of Microsoft employees as well. So really, really cool setup uh, as well. This week, by the way, don't actually cover that anymore because it's kind of an old, old news, right? Uh, we have the Power Platform conference happening in Las Vegas, so a lot of, lot of friends um, there as well. Now, on the developer side of the house, top five app source validation errors from Office Add-in submission, September 2023. Elizabeth is having this kind of a monthly summary on what are the things where people are typically failing. Um, create, create, create uh, series uh, for sure. The double checking that your application is up to date based on the guidance. Uh, Kelly Bowen McCombs had a update on the Microsoft 365 developer program. Uh, so a lot of lot of new stuff in here as well. So making improvements for the developers, and then we're looking into multiple uh, future things here as well. Uh, please, please, please provide us feedback related on what you need and what's what's. Uh, how can we improve this program as well? So yeah. I think the That's developer really program cool. is critical, critical for the developers need to have an access on developer stuff, right? Easily, yes. I guess snap of our fingers. Definitely. So. Now, Microsoft Core Records API now generally available in GCC High and DoD. What is GCC High and DoD? Do we actually explain? GCC High and DoD are our non-public clouds, right? So we have a cloud available for 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 everyone, and then we have clouds for the government in the US, typically yes. for a highly regulated markets or industries, and I think. Or I don't know if there are only the governments, the federal go, go government in the US, but these are basically separate in instances of the Microsoft Cloud that are matching the regulations that we've, we right. have in countries right. with additional requirements when it comes to security and so forth. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm. To be fair, I'm a bit bad. So something what what really I'm I can't help myself. I'm always paying attention on providing enough context. Um, but this is a really good example. We do not even explain what is the CCI and DoD environments in this blog post. So there's a certain level of assumption. Whoever reads this probably understands us, which is fine. But what if you yeah, if you don't, don't understand it, you probably don't need it. So you can just yeah, ignore it. <laughs> sure, but maybe you are trying to understand more about the options and scenarios and everything else. Fair and enough. it's like, well, can I have a reference point? What are these? I don't know those terms. So yeah. same as the MSA term. Um, it's like, okay, well, what does, what, why? We did explain it. There was a paragraph in the article, asterisk, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the MSA, yeah, so, yeah, I, yeah, I saw that. But in here, there is not a context. Yeah. Context is missing, which is a bit of a bummer. And I, I, it's it's fine for those people who need to understand, they probably understand this, but still. Now, this one is from you, uh, so you can actually explain a new version yes. of the developer proxy. Yes, exactly. So another month, another, another new version of Microsoft 365 developer proxy, which allows you to simulate any API 
uh, in M365 and outside of M365 when it comes to its be behaviors, re uh, uh, responses, and mocks, right? So um, in, the, in the, the version that we have just sh uh, shared, we improved in kind of three main areas. One is the mocks, so you can have more powerful, more flexible mocks. Two, um, let me think of mind. We allow you to test the latency of an API. So if you have an, yep. or if you 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 build an app, you can uh, test how it will work when the API is slow, which could, yep. could could be the case. And then third, let my mind. I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, third was the ability to more easily test other APIs than Graph. Because one thing that yep. we learned is that the more we look at other other APIs. We see that this, the, despite there being, you know, uh, recommendations and common approaches, different APIs implement behaviors in a different way. Like for yep. example, like if you ex exceed a rate limit, typically you will get a four, four to nine re, re, response, right? Which says like you called the API too much, you exceeded the limit. Yep. Sometimes though, like there are, there are APIs who will give you back a 403 or forbidden, which is like, I'm still authenticated, but apparently, yeah. yes. right? So Whatever there are differences. Following. And yeah, exactly. exactly, right? So depending on which API you uh, test, you work with, you want to be able to simulate the behavior that matches the real API. So we kind of yep. extended the proxy with the ability for you to be able to, to model that. Yep. So Absolutely. TLDR, new version, largely improved. Definitely give it a try because it saves you ton of time testing your your apps, and not to mention yep. you will build better apps. Yes, absolutely, increasing the quality of the solutions by for sure. Now uh, we did mention that Teams Live Events is is actually going to go away and replaced with the Microsoft Town Hall, uh, and of course the logical conclusion is then that we are deprecating also the Teams Live Events APIs uh, from the Microsoft Graph. So, and that will basically uh, deprecation scheduled. Uh, um, no, we're using wrong terminology again. Sorry, the reason why I'm baffled is that deprecation means the API is no longer, uh, we are no longer investing on something. Deprecation mean, does not mean that we are shutting down the API. Yeah. So we are kind of confusing, we're using a wrong terminology within this blog post, unfortunately. Uh, we should be saying end of life is scheduled for the September 13th. Yeah. Uh, it is deprecated starting today, so yes. we're no longer investing. We do support that, but we're no longer uh, uh, investing on this API, and the end of life is September 13th, 2024. Um, yeah. ah, okay, uh, we, ah, well, no can do. It's just Next. unfortunate. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Why are we doing this? With the anyway, um, and then uh, Carol had a announcement around the Microsoft Craft CLI for 1.0 release candidate now with the beta support, which is really, really cool. So CLI uh, for calling the Craft APIs and operations. So awesome, awesome stuff uh, from that side as well. A lot of, lot of insights and capabilities and how it actually works and more documentation in the reference. Now on the Microsoft, uh, sorry, Power Platform Developer Blog, there was a two blogs uh, from the uh, from April for one, uh, which is Power Platform Global AI Hack Week One recap. So basically recapping what has happened in the week one, and then there was another week, which was actually last week as we're recording this, but that's that's going to be published then this week. Yeah. Week, 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 week. 
yes. but a lot of other cool uh, features and of course the videos and the on-demand videos are available so you can have a look on uh, what was actually broadcast live and you can go back in time and, and check out all of the cool things what were actually done so really really cool uh, and also there was a Power Platform command line interface August update. So there's a lot of other command line operations here and there, which is completely understandable. Um, and there's an update uh, on the Power Platform side as well uh, with new capabilities, um, which is really, really cool. Now you could argue, right? Um, why don't we have all of this CLIs if, why, if we have Graph CLI? If the Graph API surface would be well, you know, enough. Well, because not all APIs are on Graph, correct. unfortunately. That is correct, and that's a bit of a bummer, uh, but we're heading to the good direction for sure. So Now, uh, Marcus Miller had a great blog post on use Teams toolkit for Visual Studio to create Teams tab using single sign-on for SharePoint CSM. Um, complex, complex, complex uh, uh, terminology, but basically single sign-on for SharePoint CSM APIs uh, in the Teams toolkit. Yeah, because so not all of the APIs are... Tab, and yes. from the team step, you want to connect to SharePoint using C C CSUM for what yes. for what client yep. reason. Yep. You want to do SSO. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And basically just looking into how that works. And 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 again, not all of the APIs are, are unfortunately in the graph yet. Uh, so you might actually need to be forced to do this. And also not uh, all not not all APIs are on REST, right? So yes, it's kind of like the correct. third thing, like not on yes. graph. Yes. Not in REST, yes. so you gotta use CSUM. Yes, yes, correct. Um, Ilya also had a new blog post related on linking and unlinking multilingual pages in SharePoint. So this is when you are potentially moving between the sites or migrating things, you might have a requirement uh, where you unlink the, the translation functionalities within uh, within a site. Now, as we were looking into this blog post, uh, technically this is a hack, uh, but you might actually run into a requirement to do something like this. This is not using any standardized APIs to make that things happen, but yes, it will work uh, because it's basically manipulating yes, the list item uh, settings uh, in the list item level um, on how the linking actually work between the pages, so yeah. But there is, there's no native API within SharePoint, which would be like unlink or link uh, the multi-link on page, uh, which would be the future-proven way of doing things. Now, you had a new blog post, easily handle long-running operations using middleware in Microsoft's Craft JavaScript SDK. What, what is, what, what, what? Yeah, exactly, right? So to, to, typically the operations on Graph are instant, right? Like yep. you want to get something or you change something and it's done, you get back a response and it's done. There are um, though things like, like the um, um, example that I have here, which is creating the graph connector schema, which is a long running operation. So you yep. sum, sum, submit your change, you get back a response with a URL and you pull the URL to get the st status of the job. But then in your code, you have to wait until it's done. Yep. I mean, you can write all of the code yourself, but then the caveat is that that code, that waiting pollutes kind of your main code flow. So it's really hard to yeah. understand what am I doing here because I need to have the loops and handling and redirects and all kinds of stuff. And the cool thing is, is that in Microsoft Graph SDKs, you can, you have the idea of, of a middleware. So it's kind of a handler that you put in a pipe uh, and that runs on any request um, um, and response. Yeah. And that allows you to do additional things kind of off the 
main flow of your app. So in your flow, yeah. like you basically say, say, um, so submit this change and 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 wait. And you don't need yeah. to do anything else in the main flow of your of your code because the middleware does it a bit off, right? So it yep. it it helps you uh, one have the same um, logic across your whole app without having to duplicate the same code or have functions that you call, right? So consistent approach across your app. And then two, have the really clear flow of your app because again, you don't need to handle the logic of redirects and retries in the main flow of your app. So, so this is really yep. like if you ask me, a great way to uh, improve the way you write code. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Good reference blog post for sure. Uh, absolutely. As you were promoting uh, during the weekend, please, 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 when you're writing something, write it in your blog. I've been answering to somebody, write it in your blog. So. Now, um, there was also a really, really cool uh, new podcast actually getting started. Uh, so last week, which is the Copilot Connection. Uh, so talking about the AI and microservices for Copilot all up. So what does it actually mean? How does it actually work and all of that? Uh, not developer specific or anything, just the, the whole stack. And and Kevin and Zoe Wilson and Kevin McDonald are the people behind of that. So really, really cool. Check it out. Uh, awesome, awesome episode for sure. There was also a new podcast on the Messaging Center show, uh, Copilot and Windows 11, uh, which is coming out and a lot of other announcements there as well. Great, great, great podcast series with Daryl and uh, Daniel to stay up to date on what's happening within the Microsoft 365. On the video side of the house, uh, Shane had a video on how to learn to filter SharePoint columns in Power Apps, and super important thing as well because SharePoint is widely used as the data storage uh, within the business application, within the business series, not that you should not always use SharePoint, but it, it is widely used uh, for yeah. a simple applications. Um, when there's too much, when there's a lot of data, dataverse and databases and all of that, absolute 100%. But for simple solutions, lists are actually suitable. And 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 this is focusing on learn to filter SharePoint columns uh, in those things. Uh, Daniel Anderson had a video on create a custom SharePoint landing page after an item is submitted to a list. So kind of a process thing um, on, on making things happen um, and walking through those uh, scenarios. So uh, creating a new site and a landing page based on operations uh, towards the list. Uh, really, really cool scenario yeah. as well. Thank you for showcasing um, the scenario based approaches on these things. So it's really, really cool. Good. Uh, then. Uh, Tosh, uh, sorry, Toshit part of Y uh, had a really cool, uh, a relatively long, so 42 minutes long uh, uh, video, customizing SharePoint list forms with Power Apps, so beginner's tutorial. So we definitely need these kind of videos. Uh, so the, the classic thing is, should I talk about this thing? Because I know that other people have talked about it. Yes, you have your unique perspective. You have your yes. own learnings. You have your own uh, approach. Doesn't mean that somebody has done it and you're doing the exactly the same title video. The content will be the same. No, no, no. Somebody did it already five years ago. Well, guess what? Technology evolves. So yes, <laughs> and opinions too. Also, opinions too. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. And then the last video of today uh, was uh, the. Power Hour uh, with Laura and Jolene, uh, Jolie uh, Jobson uh, around how to use Microsoft Copilot in Power Automate flows for smarter automation. That sounds actually really, really interesting as well. So yeah. it's cool to see the Copilot getting more and more present in the in the in the context of the work as well. So awesome stuff. Cool. I guess that's it for now. We already went through uh, what's happening within this week. And I'm looking forward to traveling pretty soon to Redmond, uh, catching up on cool. 
things. Good for you. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I was calculating that it's probably like 35th or 38th uh, visit on Redmond's. Wow. <laughs> oh, I don't know how many times I've been there, but definitely not more than 20. Might have been yeah, 10 yeah, yeah. or so, but definitely not in 20s. Yeah, it's... It's been an interesting thing to see how the, you know, the area evolves since 2008 until 2023 when I started actually traveling and visiting Redmond. So it's, it's been a, yeah, it's, yeah. this has been a lot of changes as well. So, but, um, and it's actually nice. It, it seriously is at the level of dropping by at the office. So it's just like, yeah, it's a long commute and it's not a healthy thing for the environment to use the planes and all of that for the commute. Yeah. But if you do that once a year, you know, it's not too, too much. Yeah. So. Maybe you know who knows at some point we will have have electric planes. True, true. the same way we have electric. They cars. are actually. I think they're building them, but it, yeah, the the battery is the challenge. Uh, so for sure. So cool. I guess that's it for now. Thank you, Antonio. Uh, one more time. That's like twenty fifth time of saying thank you. Uh, that was really really cool. Uh, we'll next week we'll have Sarah Haas joining us on having a discussion uh, related on uh, the work what she's doing. A uh, lot of lot of uh, interesting stuff as well. But I guess that's it for now. Thanks everybody. Thanks for watching, listening. Uh, give let us know hashtag BNP Weekly in Twitter or X when you are sharing something cool or creating something cool. And the feedback is always welcome. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Cheers. Bye.